0: Welcome to Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank, and I don't want to say reading four books at a time makes me a better person than you, but JK, it doesn't. But I do feel like my brain is transcending, like like I'm reaching the next stage of human evolution. This is your brain on books, folks. And like, I've joked before that I'm basically a Neanderthal when it comes to reading but like I'm legitimately a slow reader it takes me a minute or two to comprehend what the words on the page are saying so I used to like clear my schedule for like the next few months when I decided to read something so when a good friend of mine suggested I start reading multiple books at a time I thought to myself why would I give up the next five years of my life (laughs) but This is a friend I look up to quite a bit, um, so I figured I would give it a shot. And I'm very quickly realizing it's not that bad. (laughs) Like, I still read very slowly, but now I'm reading and learning about multiple things very slowly. (laughs) But it's fine. It's good exercise for the old noggin. And I won't go into detail about all the books that I'm reading, but... Uh, I will bore you with one thing in particular that I'm reading about, and it's about dialectics. And dialectics can be a couple different things depending on what field you're in, but this dialectics is the philosophy or even the science of logic and thought processes, uh, which On the surface, doesn't sound fascinating at all, I'll admit. But when you start to apply it to a certain something in particular, which I'll get to in a second, it gets very interesting. So the book is an intro to The Logic of Dialectics by George Novak. And bear with me here. Basically, there are two different types of logic, formal logic and dialectics. Formal logic has been or was the primary way we think about logic for like 2,000 years, like ever since Aristotle, and at its foundation, formal logic claims that a thing is that thing and nothing else. A equals A. It doesn't equal B. It doesn't equal C. A equals A. So you can see that formal logic deals in absolutes, right? You know, that thing is that thing and can only be that thing. Um, There's a really helpful example in the book that explains that a river is a river and not an ocean, right? A river by definition is a river and therefore cannot be an ocean. An ocean is an ocean. But as we know in life, absolutes are extremely rare. Um, Everything is in a constant state of change, growth, development, motion, etc. So much so that we realize that A doesn't always equal A, which disproves formal logic. So using the river example, you have the river that flows into the ocean. Where do you draw the line where they meet? Like where can you definitively say this is where the river ends and this is where the ocean starts? Super difficult, right? And think about over time how the river you know, either dries up or erodes away the banks on either side and it eventually becomes unrecognizable from when you first named it a river. Or think about a tree. Formal logic says a tree is a tree, a seed is a seed. But that seed over time turns into a tree. So the seed and the tree are the same plant. Um, A dollar is a dollar, but over time it might become worth more or less than a dollar. Nothing is absolute. Formal logic doesn't consider change, which is inevitable in life, right? Almost everything in this world goes through stages of development. Understanding that change is inevitable is the foundation to dialectics. so much so that dialectics says a thing is often replaced by its opposite. Day and night, life and death. If something has a beginning, it will have an end. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Now, <laughs> the reason I bring up dialectics is because while I'm reading this book, another book I'm reading is How to Be an Anti-Capitalist. And I'm not even going to go into detail about this book, uh, not in this episode anyway, maybe another episode, but no, I, I just took a picture of this book and I put it on my Instagram story and a liberal friend of mine replied to it and said, capitalism isn't the enemy and anti-capitalism is only appropriate to an extent and capitalism with more regulation is better than any other economic system and there will always be haves and have-nots because greed is human nature. Now, I'm not going to shit on this friend because, you know, after a discussion, we we agreed that progress is possible and necessary, which is true. But notice how he was asserting absolutes. Capitalism is the better economic system. There will always be haves and have-nots. Greed equals human nature. A equals A. He's using formal logic... Because that's how capitalism wants you to think. And when you use that kind of logic, that's when you inevitably shrug and say, well, that's just the way things are. But if we think about the entire history of humankind, modern humans have been around for 200,000 years, right? Modern capitalism emerged with the transatlantic slave trade, what, 500 years ago? So, capitalism wasn't always around, and it's still very young in the entire history of humankind. And it always changes and evolves. But with it, we consistently see racism and sexism and horrible inequalities by design. Those are pillars of capitalism. Is capitalism the better economic system? Well, if it was, why do we have to introduce socialist policies? Social Security, Medicare, minimum wage, 40 hour work week. If it was the better economic system, socialist policies wouldn't be necessary. Now, will there always be haves and have nots? Capitalism makes it worse. It's true what they say the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. I mean, the pandemic highlighted this, right? The billionaires made even more money doing jack shit, while the essential workers risked their lives just to make ends meet. There will always be haves and have-nots under capitalism. And finally, is greed human nature? Well, that's the age-old question. Uh, I still grapple with this, personally. Um, But I would say we think greed is human nature because even though capitalism is still very young in the grand scheme of things, that's all we know. And capitalism necessitates greed. Which again highlights the haves and have-nots. The have-nots have to be greedy to survive, and the haves are rewarded for their greed. So is greed human nature? Um, The material conditions that capitalism creates make it appear that way. But as we've learned from dialectics, nothing is absolute. If something has a beginning, it will have an end. Progress is possible, necessary, and inevitable. And if you think otherwise, you're not thinking dialectically. Kindly move aside, we've got shit to dismantle. Thanks for listening, and read a book.